Good morning, world. Welcome to the latest episode of Zendependent News. I hope you guys are staying safe, and I hope you're enjoying the... I hope you've enjoyed the last couple episodes that I've done of Zendependent News. And if you're someone who is awesome, and you love and listen to both Zendependently Minded and Zendependent News, I hope you guys are enjoying both of those. I'm having a lot of fun, I'm learning a lot, and yeah, let's just get right into the disclaimer. The views discussed and expressed on this show are satirical and nevertheless result of free speech because I am an American, so sue me. But don't really, please. I I don't have a lot of money, so I don't think I can make it through a, a lawsuit. First thing I wanted to talk about right off the bat, fuck Andy No. That's how I'm starting this. I was going to talk about the the as you guys know, there's there's a situation that unfolded a week or two ago in Chicago, a 13-year-old named Adam Toledo, he got shot and killed by police, and I'm going to go into I'm going to go into the facts as I've seen them, as I've researched them, and just as I know I'm going to I'm going to share everything that I know, all the facts that I know, because I'm not going to leave anything out like piece of shit, opportunistic grifter Andy No. So, before I get into the whole entire situation with Adam Toledo, I just want to say off the bat, I I I've never really been I've never been a fan of Andy No, but I've also never cared. I never disliked him. I didn't really know about him. The only thing I I'd, I'd really known about him is, you know, he's more of a He's an anti-cancel culture, he doesn't like Antifa, and I agree with him on that, of course. Who likes cancel culture? I don't even think the people that are a part of cancel culture like cancel culture, because it's more just like, the way I see it, the people that are seeking out others to cancel, they're just doing that early to get the spotlight off of them, because everybody's done and said stupid shit in their life, and... What what matters most, what's more telling to me, is if you improve, and if you, you know, you just don't stay the same, if you're crappy, or you're doing crappy things, you know, make sure you're at least doing them with the belief that you're doing it, you know, for the right reasons, because, you know, it's a loaded, it's a loaded word to say someone is wrong, or they have the incorrect view, because, you know, ultimately, with, for 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 a lot of things, you know, there is no right and wrong. There is no correct and incorrect when it comes to stuff like politics and whatever. But as far as Andy No goes, he, you know, I I've seen he's gone to like Antifa rallies and you know, and a couple times he'd actually gotten. I think only once maybe he got beat up, and there were a lot of people on the left that were cheering that. And I absolutely do not. I don't condone violence at all. Violence does not change minds. It never has, and if it does, it, so I'll I'll rephrase that. Violence has changed minds, but it's through fear. It's not through genuine, it's not like you're genuinely changing minds or improving people's views on, you know, an idea or just an, yeah, just an ideology period. So violence is horrible. I don't condone it. It was a, it was a really disgusting thing to see people cheering that on. But, you know, that Andy No is in the past. This Andy No now is, like I said, an opportunistic, grifting piece of garbage. Just like, just like the, he's acting and doing the exact opportunistic trash that 
you know, a lot of leftists will use whenever there's a, a shooting. They'll they'll hop on real quick, get on the news, take a video in their car about them crying, and they'll take an advantage of a sad situation before the bodies are even cold to try to legislate really strict gun laws. And I'm not saying that we don't need improvements on gun control. I'm not saying that at all. That's a topic for another discussion. But Andy No is becoming the people and the things that he hates the most. And that's something, I can't take credit for that, that's something I actually, I was talking to a friend about this Adam Toledo situation yesterday, and he he pointed that out, so shout out to him. But, so, what I'm going to do in this episode, before I get too off, off topic or off track, I, I'm going to talk about this situation, as I do with all situations, with a little bit of logic and a little bit of emotion, because... I remember in school learning this bullshit. Uh, luckily, I had actually senior year. I had this English teacher. He was actually a piece of trash, but he did give me. I did take one positive thing from his class, and I remember sitting there and I told him I was giving an answer for something he'd asked, whatever the prompt was in English class. And I said, "Oh, you know, I'm not going to give my emotion. I'm not going to tell." I was told not to use I feel or I think it needs to be completely logical. And he told me that that was trash. It's, you're not supposed to use, like, you're not supposed to use emotion to argue. They'll they'll say that you're not supposed to use emotion to argue points, like, in formal speeches, formal writing, formal essays, and stuff like that. But the people who talk about situations like this, um, like politics and people, you know, with a 13-year-old boy getting shot and killed, there's going to be emotion there, especially for someone like me. I have a 14-year-old brother, and I'm not comparing them at all because luckily, you know, I've been blessed, my brother's been blessed, my family's been blessed to have great parents, great family. We are we're really lucky because I know a lot of people that, that don't have good families, and we're lucky enough to have you know, good guidance. So I'm not comparing my brother to Adam Toledo at all. But for someone to sit here, you know, so I actually like Steven Crowder, but I notice a lot Steven Crowder will be like, I, I, I'm not going to say Steven Crowder does it, not a good example. But a lot of people, they'll sit back and they'll be like, oh, we need to look at, assess the situation logically and not emotionally. They'll do that. And it's easier said than done for them because it's a topic that's not you know, it doesn't hit home for them. They don't care about it as much, or it plays into supporting their ideology or their kind of concept of a certain, whatever the topic is at discussion, if it plays in their favor, they're able to look at it logically because they, you know, they don't, they don't have skin in the game. But when it comes to something that doesn't play into their favor, they get very emotional. It's, it, it, it's always that the case. People who say you have to look at things logically that's just, I wholeheartedly disagree with that because a little, a little, a little bit of emotion, human emotion is what makes, separates us from, you know, like a computer or like the AI that beats every single person in the world at chess. Yeah. It needs to think logically. Why would you think emotionally there? But humans being able to use emotion, you know, whether it's too much or too little, that is what separates us in my humble opinion. But, so that being said, yeah, I'm going to get a little 
emotional because this is something that I'm passionate about. This is a, a serious problem and a, there's a serious underlying issue, which, by the way, Andy No does not discuss going through his Twitter. He's not talking about solutions. He's not trying to help anybody. Like I said, he's a grifter. He's, you know, more power to him, I guess, as far as uh, making money, but still fuck Andy No. So basically, Adam Toledo, from what I've gathered through my research, Here's what happened, starting from the beginning. So Adam Toledo, 13-year-old boy in Chicago, he was out at night with an adult. I think the adult's 20 or 21 years old, doesn't really matter. But they're walking around Chicago at night, and the adult that was with Adam had a gun. And he was discharging the weapon into cars or buildings, and then the cops were called. Makes sense. You know, if there's gunshots, cops are going to be called. So when the cops showed up, they started to run. And from what I gathered, the adult was on parole. So he wasn't supposed to have a gun. So he tossed the gun to Adam. Adam willingly took it because, you know, he wanted to wanted to back up his buddy. And they started to run. And then eventually they reached a fence. The cops had Adam surrounded. His back was to the cops. Cop told him, you can see this in the body cam footage too, the the cop told him to drop the gun. He dropped it, but and then turned around, and then the cop shot him and killed him. And I try to look at this situation, and, and it's hard for me to make, you know, without all the facts, all the body cam footage, because depending on who you look at, I'm pretty sure MSNBC actually cropped part of the footage, which is not good. It's disgusting, and, you know, it's like, who can you even trust? You know, there's there's great journalists out there. There's still great journalism. A lot of great independent news sites you can check out. But it's like, you're supposed to be able to trust these people in there, cropping shit out in there. You know, they're trying to paint narratives on both sides, and I don't want a fucking narrative. And I'm, I'm sure most of you people out there don't want a narrative either. You just want the facts. You want to, if you're paying attention to this, if you're not, more power to you. It's just, I've unfortunately found um you know what do you call it i found uh i learn a lot from things like this whether they're sad or happy or or angry you know whatever the situation is i learn from this kind of stuff so i am balls deep in this but anyway just from what i my opinion on on this situation as a whole i you know chicago has been a shithole for a long time Whatever the reason you think it is the way it is, it just is. It does at this point, you know. As far as trying to fix Chicago, that's beyond me. I'm not an expert on that, and I couldn't sit here with full confidence and tell you that I know why Chicago is the way it is. But I know that there that you know it needs work. It needs improvement. And that being said, you know the Chicago PD does not have the best reputation for being the most straight jacket, straight edged police department but also you know the city is really corrupt it's really scary there's a i think they chicago like every year breaks their own record for homicides and gun debt gun related deaths so putting my shoes putting myself in the shoes of the cop getting a call that there there were gunshots at night in the inner city you know you're gonna be a little on edge and, you know, you show up to the situation, call out commands, kid turns around, split, less than a split second decision. 
he shot at him. And I don't, I, it's, it's really hard for me to explain like what I'm feeling. So, and I'm not making an excuse being on edge. I'm not making an excuse for the cop at all. I've said in the past, there's always room for improvement. And I think for an extraordinarily stressful job, like being a police officer, we need extraordinarily tough and resilient people. And I'm not saying this cop who shot him is or isn't. I'm just saying, you know, if we had the absolute cream of the crop, maybe this might not have happened. And then putting myself in Adam's shoe. So I don't know anything about his family life. It's not my business. But as far as I'm concerned, and as far the way it looks to me, Adam didn't have doesn't have proper guidance. You know, he's rolling with why is Adam a 13 year old boy who has his entire life ahead of him? Why is he hanging out, you know, with a felon that has a gun walking around the city? And I think that speaks for itself. It's a lot of gang activity. A lot of young bloods are getting they're they're getting groomed and gangs are just churning out more disciples. And it's really sad and it breaks my heart. Because like I said, I have I'm lucky and blessed to have great parents and great guidance, but this could be anybody. This could be my brother. This could be my next brother. I have a younger brother too. This could be my sister who's a couple years younger than me. So I, the underlying issue here that I want to talk about, I want to spread awareness too, because I, and I'm not trying to be a virtue signaling piece of garbage and say, oh, end violence and racism and cop shooting and gangs or whatever. I'm not I'm not going to be that person. I just want to draw your attention away from the narratives, the narratives of Andy No and the narratives of Lori Lightfoot because they both they sit on opposite ends of the aisle. I want to draw your attention to the real underlying issue. So maybe the more attention this gets as far as the underlying issue, you know, the more solutions we can get. And I know there are people actively working out there trying to improve not only Chicago but Baltimore, or just any community they're in. I know, you know, I, Chance the Rapper, Kanye West, they're both from Chicago. They, they're actively working in their communities, trying to improve it. And I'm super proud of them, super happy we have people like that. But the more the merrier, the more people we, we have trying to, you know, more youth outreach groups, more, you know, better, better education systems, better, you know, like I said, of course, always improving, you know, better police, better policing, you know, just like I've always said, there's always room for improvement, no matter who you are, whether it's one person or an entire city, an entire state, or the entire country, always seek to improve. And yeah, there, there is, there still is high gang activity, there's still high crime, and Chicago especially the inner part of Chicago, south side of Chicago, is still a very dangerous place to be. And, you know, we should only be able to go up from here. Unlike Andy No, unlike Lori Lightfoot, I'm not trying to further the divide. The divide. I want to bring everybody together because whether if Andy No had a son or Lori Lightfoot had a son or if they all had kids in this community, they would want what's best for that community, period. And I'm sure Andy No wants the best for his people. I'm sure Lori Lightfoot wants the best for her people. That's what we have in common. I'm not trying to be some hippy-dippy, oh, we're all humans. But it's true. It's true. We need to stop making these issues. I'm not going to say they're not political because they are. 
you know, crime and the way the way a city or a government runs and the com- how the community runs, that's that's going to be political. But I'm like JFK said, let's not seek for the Republican or the Democratic answer, but just, you know, the correct answer, the human answer. And like I said, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know the answer, but I definitely have my ideas on how to how to improve and how to try our absolute best to prevent something like this from happening in the future. Because you're never going to get rid of crime. You're never going to get rid of bad people in unfortunate situations. But we can definitely mitigate and lessen the chances of these happening. So before I move on from that, I just want to say, you know, I'm sure if I met Andy No or Lori Lightfoot, not a big fan of either of them. I'm sure if we met, if we met each other, more specifically Andy No, I don't really want to meet Lori Lightfoot. She's you know, I think she's more of a scumbag just because she's, like I said, on the other side of the aisle trying to sow the seeds of and of hate and push, push further distrust of law enforcement when, like I said, there are so many facets and different trinkets and gears that are moving behind this machine that is this Adam Toledo situation. It's not just, the blame is not just to sit on one person or one group. Like I said, in a perfect world, Adam Toledo is not in a gang. He has good guidance. He has good parents or, you know, uh, parental figures, I might say, or add. In a perfect situation, he's not in that situation. He's not with a, a gang member. He's not with a felon. The cop doesn't show up, isn't called. He's not shot and killed. So there, there like I said, there are improvements to be made everywhere not just not just in one area. So that's why I don't really like Lori Lightfoot. She's just out here, you know, blaming the Chicago Police Department. And if you're part of the Chicago Police Department, say you're a young guy or a 30-year veteran, how does that make you feel when your own mayor is taking a massive shit on you? Maybe there's a guy, maybe there's a dude named uh, Joe. He just got shot at. And he just ris- risked his life to save someone. And then you have Lori Lightfoot painting a br- with a, bo- a broad brush over your entire police department and all your people. What I'm trying to get at is... I don't think Andy Noe is a bad person. I think he is a bit grimy. And like I said, he's he's a bit of a grifter. But, you know, social media does that to you. Because if you go on his Twitter feed... Oh, one of the last things I wanted to do was just read off his tweets about this Adam Toledo situation. Because I don't want you guys to just only take my word for it. Go to his Twitter yourself, or in a little bit I'm going to read his tweets. I don't necessarily think Adam Andy No is a bad person. But I just think something that people have talked about before, you know, social media is not a natural way to communicate. And with someone like him, such a big audience, so many people that are agreeing with him, he's making money off of these people, he's going to keep playing into that narrative that he likes to push, he's going to keep playing that character that he's pushing and that he is. But I believe if we, you know, if if I sat down with him and we talked, I'm sure we'd have a lot in common, I'm sure he's a great guy in person, but, you know, that mask he puts on for social media is not a very nice mask, it's ugly and it's shitty. And like I've said before, I'll say it one more time, very opportunistic. So before I move on, just just to kind of use an example, I'm going to read 
a couple of the tweets that he is saying. So just in case anybody tries to take this out of context, you know, I'm reading these tweets word for word. I've already screenshotted him. I doubt he's going to delete them. The dude does not back down even when he's even when he's wrong. But first tweet that I'm going to read, this is one of the first tweets that he made regarding the Adam Toledo situation. So here's what it says, word for word. Chicago police have released the body camera footage of the police shooting death of armed teen Adam Toledo, who was known in gang circles as Little Homicide and Baby Diablo. So right off the bat, you know, Andy Noah is establishing that he is a piece of shit, straight up. Like, it's very simple. He's going back and he's talking about, he's bringing up his nicknames. He's trying to paint a picture that this kid deserved it. And yeah, I, you know, maybe I'm in the wrong here. Maybe I'm just insane. Maybe I'm a ass kisser. But I, I think that that's kind of a bit rude. It's a bit grimy and it's a bit slimy. So another tweet, he, he just keeps referring to, in all of his tweets, he just keeps referring to, and he started the hashtag, uh, little homicide. So yeah, really, really nice guy, really great person. I'm sure he has great motives and yeah. And you know, piece of shit, grifter. He is not trying to improve anybody's lives. These tweets that he's making, they're not making anybody's lives better. They're not improving or adding upon people's, you know, their wealth of information as far as the situation goes. He's just calling Adam Toledo Baby Diablo and Little Homicide. That's not helping anybody. So, fuck Andy No. We're going to move on from that situation to the next bit of news that I have. So, I read an NPR article. I'm sure you guys have heard about it or seen it. So, Japan is planning to dump wastewater from that Fukushima nuclear plant that had uh, like a meltdown or explosion a few years ago. I think it was actually a decade ago, but they're going to dump that wastewater into the Pacific Ocean. This is a bit odd. I I know a lot of the Japanese scientists, if not all of them, whether they're independent or not, I'm not sure how Japan is. Maybe the government's forcing them to say this, but they're saying that it's not going to damage the Pacific Ocean. You know, it's not a big deal. The water's been treated, so it's not going to be toxic or harmful to the environment or, you know, little little ecosystems that live off and live in that water. And I'm, and I'm not an expert on this. I'm not completely sure, but I don't think I trust that opinion. Maybe someone can point out how I'm wrong, but I just don't think it, you know, radioactivity is something that's natural. It's part of the earth. Everybody has a little bit of radioactivity inside of them. There's radioactivity everywhere. You know, we have them in our phones, we have them in our bodies, we have them in microwaves, but these nuclear power plants are some of the most, they're some of the most useful, but on the other end, some of the most toxic, like man-made creations in the world. And just something so devastating and so bad, something as horrible as, you know, a nuclear power plant exploding or having a leakage, you know, you can still see the effects of that in Chernobyl and still in Japan. So I just, I'm not, I just, I'm not confident in them saying that they have treated this water and that it will be harmless, but we'll see how that unfolds. And something that's related, another article I read from BBC News, so Hong Kong is actually, oh, not Hong Kong, 
that's a yeah wrong wrong article. It's something else I'm gonna talk about later. So this is a Bloomberg article. Fuck Bloomberg. Also, he sucks. Michael Bloomberg is a piece of shit. But China is daring Japanese officials to actually drink the Fukushima wastewater that they're claiming is treated. Which that's kind of funny because you know say what you want about China, but you know they're edgy. <laughs> China has the balls to it's like it's like the spider-man meme both two harmful governments that are about to make shitty decisions or already have in china's case for the environment pointing at each other and i you know it's pretty ballsy for them to dare japanese officials to drink the water i doubt they're going to and if they do drink water on camera i bet you it's not even going to be the wastewater but i'm not sure if yeah, I mean, if you can dump it in the ocean and, you know, pour it into ecosystems that affect fish, that in turn will affect, you know, the Japanese economy because they eat a lot of fish. I don't know, maybe you can drink it, maybe you can't. Just because it's treated and can be dumped in the ocean, I don't think that necessarily means you can drink it. But it's just really funny to see someone like China say something like that. But I have learned recently, as Shitty as China is, you know, recently they have been trying to, and they've been making great lengths, they're still the number one polluters on the planet. It's a little bit of a mix of just the fact that there there's so many people, and more people equals more pollution in China, but also, you know, they, they didn't take, they didn't really care about the environment, they didn't care, really care about the earth in the past, so they're still the number one polluter, I'm pretty sure, as far as statistics go. I don't know, it's it's hard to measure how much a country is polluting. But anyways, they've been taking great lengths to try to improve their, you know, their their care for the climate, their care for the earth. So hopefully they keep improving on that. But for what they're, what they're making up for and making, you know, great strides of improvement in climate care and care for the earth, they're, um, it's like they only have 10 skill points and they're putting all 10 of them into caring for the earth and zero into caring for their people. But that's a topic for another discussion. Yeah, I highly doubt um the Japanese officials are going to drink the water. I I just don't I just don't see them and I don't know why, but I don't know if you guys have played Fortnite, but it just makes me when I think about, you know, the officials drinking the wastewater, I keep thinking of a jar of chug jug from like, is it going to be glowing blue or something? It's probably going to look and smell disgusting, but yeah, I doubt they're going to do it. Pretty ballsy, though, from China. So the next bit of news. It's another China-related topic and headline. So apparently one of the biggest Hong Kong protesters named Jimmy Lai is being sentenced to 14 months in prison for his pro-democracy protest. So in 2019, those, those Hong Kong protests were a really big deal. And an even bigger deal was the way that the Chinese government, you know, he, they met those protests with force and then they eventually silenced them and shut them down real quick. And it was really crazy. It was really sad. You know, I don't take, I don't take Time as Magazine really seriously anymore, but I really wanted, and most of the people who voted for the Times Person of the Year, they voted for the Hong Kong protesters to be the person of the year. It was an overwhelming majority, like 90 something percent. And then I think Greta Thunberg won that year, which is a complete joke. 
and it further enforces reinforces my belief in the fact that Time Magazine is trash and not shouldn't be taken seriously anymore. But you know, this is scary. This is really sad, and honestly, I'm a bit surprised that this guy is even still alive because you know the Chinese Communist government they're you know they've done it they've done it recently they'll silence people by killing them and i'm surprised that they you know you never know we'll have to pay attention to any news or if he 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 might get killed in prison and then we might never find out because it's never going to get leaked but he's a brave guy and i hope he can make it through and we'll see what the future holds for him but Definitely hope to see him in the history books because what he's doing is brave and something that I'll never fully be able to grasp and understand because I'm an American, you know, I'm living in Europe, but that being said, I have a lot of freedoms and it's it's heartbreaking to see someone go through something and go to prison for something that as an American I take for granted and a lot of people take for granted and yeah, very brave guy. That's what I have to say about him. Moving on to the last bit of news. So I'm not really too familiar on German politics, but Germany, especially during the pandemic, really early on, people were pointing to the way that Germany handled the coronavirus pandemic. You know, now they're not looking to them. They're looking more, at least as far as vaccines go, they're looking to the United States because Germany is really really fumbled the vaccination process i think less than like 50 percent of the population is vaccinated or maybe it's even lower than that but not even the elderly people are getting vaccinated as quickly as they should have or as quickly as the united states but basically there's a there's a big i guess family feud going on that's dominating the race to replace angela merkel so merkel is the chancellor of germany in six months, she's going to be getting out, and we'll have a new, um, we'll have a new chancellor in Germany. And I, like I said, I don't know too much about German politics. Definitely going to look into it more, and then I'll talk more about it later if there are any developments. But we could be seeing, you know, Germany is a big, they play a big role in whether people realize it or not. They play a big role in the European Union. So we could be seeing a a pretty vastly different Germany and the way that it's ran and the way that it's led as far as the chancellor goes. So that's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. But as far as news headlines go, that's that's the last news headline that I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to go straight into a couple other topics that I've been thinking about lately. But so something that I've been noticing a lot and something I've been thinking about a lot and that I firmly believe in is just the topic of, you know, being radicalized or radicalization as far as political ideologies go. So I've seen a lot of people, and I know a lot of people personally and just across the internet, across the world, that have been radicalized from one side of an ideology to another. And I think and I feel that if you have been radicalized from one side to another, you're not actually, it's not a legit endorsement of that ideology. Because if, for example, I knew someone from high school that grew up and was raised he was raised to be very christian his family his family went and did a lot of um missions in africa they 
they helped a lot of people out. They're great Christians, did a lot for the community, really good people. And they were also, they also happened to be very conservative. And leading up to the 2016 election, this guy was super pro-Trump, very pro-Trump. And like every day he was posting about 2016 election and voting for Trump and owning the libs and all that kind of stuff. And then something happened where he had a falling out with his family and he completely jumped to the other side. Like it was, it was like overnight him jumping from being super right wing, super pro-Trump to being completely anti-Trump and then also anti-Christian. I'm not sure the details on that. It's not my business, but seeing, seeing, you know, his posts and the things that he was posting afterwards and leading up to the 2020 election, I realized that he was uninformed when he voted for Trump and then when he didn't vote for Trump. He, I'm not trying to insult him, but he was just, you know, not educated at all. And it just looked like he was, like I said, like like the topic I'm talking about, he was just radicalized from whatever happened with his family. He just jumped, became anti-Christian anti-Trump and anti-right-wing and it was just really crazy and it just helped me realize that you know it wasn't a legit endorsement if you are raised or you believe or you're groomed to really strongly believe one ideology so much so that you rebel and then you fly to the other side you can do that because you like there of course it happens all the time you can realize and like actually learn to support and believe the ideology. But if you're just completely being radicalized to the other side, you're not actually supporting that side or ideology or that belief system. You're only supporting it to spite the old system that you believed in or were a part of. And that's what happened with my friend, sadly. And I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's getting better. I haven't seen, you know, around the 2016 and 2020 elections, all of a sudden everybody became embroiled in this, uh, the presidential run and presidential election. But, you know, there's always an uptick around election time and then it just kind of fell. So I think he's doing pretty good, but I see it a lot with a lot of people. They'll just be radicalized and just to spite the other side, they'll go support this other ideology. And you know, it's it's easy for me to sit back and say, oh, they only did it because they're radicalized. But definitely for him, it's true. And I see it with a lot of people. A lot of people who are born and raised Christians, more specifically Catholics, they they just completely rebel. They either become atheists or they become Satanists or, or you know, they just don't follow religion at all. They're just agnostic or whatever. And that's completely well and good. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying if you're purely supporting another side because you're radicalized. That's not legit. You you gotta you gotta look th- look those things through if you choose to. If not, oh well. That's just me personally. If I was able to, and that's another thing. If if I'd been radicalized, I'm not I'm not radically supporting any ideology. I personally consider myself to be a if if you could put a label on it, a spiritual Christian. It is my personal belief that there is a higher power, there is a God, but I think whatever that higher power or God is, I think that relationship is personal and it is only between you and them. So I never go out and I push, you know, not sinning or going to confession or doing your communion. 
I think that your relationship with this higher power of God is personal. It is just between you and them. You only have them to answer to. You only have them to look at and think about and worry about to judge you. And you live your life according to you and your relationship with them. And if you don't have a, if you don't believe in a higher power, it's completely fine. But that's just my personal belief. And then as far as like politics go, I'm sure you can tell through my podcast that, you know, I take values from every end of the aisle. And there's not just two aisles. There's numerous different ideologies out there and political parties. Some of them are a bit weird. Some of them are a bit crazy and extreme. Some of them are outright bad. But I take values from all around. And I never have and I never will be registered as anything other than independent. And yeah, I will never identify as anything other than independent, whether that's on a ballot or just in my heart, in my brain, me personally. So it's easy for me to sit here and judge because I've never been radicalized. I've never gone 100% with one side or the other. But I'm sure for people who are radicalized to a certain ideology, it's really hard. It's like when you're in an abusive relationship and you have friends and family telling you like, hey, this is bad. This is not healthy. It's hard for you to see that. And I was once in an abusive relationship when I was a senior and I didn't notice like this person that I was with, I could only hang out with them. I left my friend group and I had I had great friends. I still keep in touch with them to this day. But I left that friend group. I was spending 24-7 with this person. I wasn't allowed to have friends or even speak to anybody. Any of my friends that were the opposite sex couldn't talk to any any girls at all, even if they were just friends. But then this person was doing the exact thing that they hated and controlled and kept me from doing. And I... I kind of had a little bit of an inkling of it when I was in that relationship. And people were telling me that, hey, this is unhealthy. You know, there was a talk I had with my dad on that while I was in the in the relationship. And then when I got out, luckily my friends, you know, they accepted me back into the group. But it was, you know, I, I couldn't really, besides that little inkling, I couldn't realize until I got out, you know, how bad it was, how controlling it was. And the same goes for, you know, like people that escape cults or they get out of a really bad group or even gang you know it's hard to get out it's hard to realize it takes a lot of strength and it takes a lot of you know self-awareness so it's all love you know you know i don't wish bad on anybody and like i was saying about andy no i don't wish bad on him at all i don't wish violence or hurt or hate on anybody and like i said if i was to just have like if i had andy no on the podcast i'm sure like i said i'm 100 percent confident we would get along we'd have a lot in common He's probably a cool guy. He probably thinks I'm a cool guy. But I just, you know, I don't like that mask that he puts on. And I don't like the way that he's leading his followers. I, I don't mean to make it sound like a cult, but I don't like the way that he, you know, he's presenting himself and the things that he's saying and egging his followers on. But that's their choice to follow them. And as long as they're not hurting anybody or infringing on anybody's rights, more power to him. I'm okay with it. But like I've said at the beginning of this podcast, you know, this podcast is the result of free speech. And that being said, I'm going to give my opinions and I'm going to take a shit on these people like Andy No and Lori Lightfoot, or I'm going to support them because it is my American-born right. And I'm going to exercise that right and have a lot of fun doing it. And it's not always going to be, you know, 
sunshine and rainbows like like that amazing scene from Rocky Balboa. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows the things I talk about, but it's not always going to be dark either. It's it's just how the world works. There are amazing people out there. There are bad people out there. But at the end of the day, I think there are more good people. We have more good interactions every day than bad interactions. But So that's, that's going to be the end. I'm going to wrap up as Independent News Episode 4. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And I hope you continue to support this podcast by listening, by sharing, by giving me feedback. I've received... One of my good friends has been giving me feedback on every episode I've posted, and I I wholeheartedly appreciate that. I have another family friend that's been giving me feedback on my MMA podcast, and it's not a it's not a huge amount of growth, but just in the past two weeks, I've gotten four subscribers on YouTube, which is cool. I don't care as much about YouTube as I care about the other podcast platforms because YouTube has been like they're they're taking like three hours I'm not even kidding my podcasts are none of them have exceeded an hour but it takes three hours to process my video and then i i keep having notices like those uh i haven't even been like really talking in depth about vaccines but i keep getting those like little who youtube information panels over to over my podcast and i'm like i'll say vaccine once and i mean I can kind of understand why they're doing it, but it's a bit weird. So I'm not really too worried about YouTube, but I am, I, I'm super appreciative of the, the uptick in support and the amount of listens and downloads and streams and subscriptions I've gotten over the past two weeks since I started. I guess it's been three weeks now since I started Independent News. But thank you guys for the support. Like always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.